0: So, today I'm going to do an analysis of the Children of Lur, as I would call them. It sounds better as Lur. And the two poems, the two sources that I read it from are The Children of Lure by Catherine and Hinkson, which is a very beautiful poem and it's got a very nice rhythm and rhyme and very well structured. As most Irish poetry is among the most beautiful poetry that ever was written. And I have to say, it is very beautiful. And it's such an iconic story. And I just really enjoyed this particular poem. In the beginning, it talks about some nature scenes, which makes you think it's going to be a place lore poem. But then it starts personifying the swans and starts talking about the swans. And you start thinking, well, maybe the swans are the children of Lear. Like you start thinking maybe the birds are the children of Lear. Because I had no idea what this poem was about. And then I read the next line and it's about a stepmother. And okay, that's kind of strange because I thought we were dealing with nature poses. And place lore, but it's not. It's a part of Irish mythology. And then I hear about the swan's some personification. Then there's a conclusion. So I. Read this poem, and I had no idea what it was about. So I went on Wikipedia, read a few lines, figured out what it was about, and I was just enthralled by the story because basically what happens is Lur loves his children, and basically he has them to a woman. Who the woman is given to him as a sort of prize to keep him from going on conquest to take the throne. So they give him one of the daughters. She's beautiful, and this satisfies him. But the mother dies while the children are young. Then her sister comes and gets married to and she's the evil stepmother which is an incredibly important aspect of see that right there is what really grabs me is the stepmother aspect of the poem the fact that blood relatives even if it's your sister like they're not going to raise your children the way you could and the tragedy of the woman dying so it's a very acute meditation on i think most people these days are like resistant towards the idea like i think just generally, like, a lot of people have this really idyllic notion of divorced families and and this kind of, like, fairy tale that they're being taught, which is interesting, because, like, they say that the homogenous household of the mother-father, the the nuclear family, is a lie, but really, when you get into it, and poems like this sort of prove the opposite, that, like, you know, broken families, it really does have an effect on children, and that's what the story is about, because what happens is this evil stepmother turns the children into swans, and there's four children, and the oldest of them is Fiona, And she's the one who basically has to take care of the children. And she basically shelters her brothers. They're all brothers. Yet she's the one basically insinuating that the oldest daughter is the one who's supposed to take care of the children when the mother is absent. It's sort of like a hierarchy of who takes up the role of surrogate mother. It's the oldest daughter takes up the role of mother. And this is another common literature trope. You see it in C.S. Lewis's uh, story. You see it in Peter Pan, the younger girl, taking up the role of the surrogate mother and then basically what happens is the stepmother turns them into swans and the stepmother gets uh, turned into a ghost basically and Lur dies and his children have to be swans until this specific event happens. I think like certain king and queen have to get married and the other source I drew this from other than Wikipedia and the poem by Catherine Hinkson was told by Joseph Jacobs The Fate of the Children of Lur and I'd say that that is one of the most beautiful things about reading is going down those rabbit holes where I had no idea what the Children of Lure were. None whatsoever. And this is one of the reasons why we have this great resource of the internet. We can uncover any idea. We can read anything. We can learn anything we want on the internet. And the beautiful thing about the Children of Lure is it captures something true about divorce or even applicable to divorce because basically the stepmother is in both cases and it's like they're not going to raise the kids the right way and it's like this is one of the reasons why we just in this case it's unavoidable because the mother of the children died but where that's not the case it's like you don't want to be throwing your kids at the mercy of some random stranger even if they are your next kin, because they're not going to raise them the right way they're not going to care about them like they would their own flesh and blood that's just reality and I think it's what the story is meant to capture is this reality and I know that's offensive because like I said we have this idyllic notion of the divorced family. We have this idyllic notion of the single parent household. We almost mythologize it like the 1950s would mythologize the nuclear family. Like it's all happy go lucky, which is not always the case. There are families that are, you know, basically nuclear families and they're miserable. Not many, but they are out there. Although if that family would have divorced, the children would have been much worse off than they were. So generally it still works out that the children get a better rap when the family stays together, even if the parents hate each other. But that's like the beautiful thing, is that Children are better taken care of by their own family. In most cases, now this is not always true. I've known instances where there were children of divorced parents, they had a stepmother and they loved their stepmother like they would their own. It's very rare to have that kind of person who's compassionate on someone who's not their blood. I I even look at it with myself. If I had a wife and she had a child who was like not mine, I I think I hate to say this, it's just it's just a fact. I don't I don't mean to offend anybody with this, but it's just the fact that I think I would look at it a little differently. I think you would too. It's just something off about it. And it's like, it's hard to explain it. And and it's just like, I'm a very good person. I could probably, I'm not a good person, but obviously, but I'm a very introspective person. I would probably force myself to treat this individual like they're my own kid. But then again, you can't in many regards treat a divorced like your your stepchildren as your own kids, because there's certain boundaries that they would have that your children, your own children wouldn't. So even in that sense, there's a sort of barrier to having a normal family with a divorced husband or wife. And like in this story, the wife dies, but it's not that case in, in reality. In most cases their their mother or father are not dead. In most cases the reality is it's a divorced home and these broken homes are not fruitful for the children. Because that's what the symbolism of the stepmother turning them into swans is about. It's like there is that hostility there. Even in good people, even in otherwise wholesome people, there's still that hostility there. And it's real, and and even if you have the most loving, nurturing, kind parent, there is still legal barriers that would prevent you from treating a stepchild as your own in most cases. Now, not all. I have a friend who has a stepdaughter that he adopted. It's just like his. I'm not talking about that situation. I'm talking about in most situations, like there are people that make it work good for them. That's a beautiful thing if you can do it. But again, that's more the mythology that's less the reality, and I think this is one of the reasons why we need to curb divorce is because it's not good for kids. I think that's what the story is symbolizing is that like like having parental figures who are not our own blood it, it, there's a sort of animus there that you can't get rid of even in the best people and then many people are not the best people and it's always there it's real and I think unless there's certain circumstances where you have practically raised the kid you've adopted the kid like my one Friend. He adopted his stepdaughter, so she's really his daughter. That's that's a little different. I guarantee it. But for most cases, it's a little it's a little hard to have that kind of connection with someone who is not really blood related to you. And I think that's what the story is capturing. It's a hard truth. And a lot of these old stories do they poke at the false morality of modern day? Like like, and I know like modern day likes to poke at the false reality of of the nuclear family. But generally, there is something to having a nuclear family. And, and I think. That's one of the things in the Children of Lure is that it's not necessarily divorce, it's death, but still there's that animus. Even the fact that the mother is their aunt, it's still there, and I think that's a reality. I think we need to, it's like the Bible too, when when it has those violent verses that we don't like, we have to realize that that's actually in us, and we need to accept that. Because I think that's what leads to a better, it's like you can accept the law, and now you can have grace.